I was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. It was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! The banger! Well, Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays of Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. Hello, everyone. Get your neon glow lights out and get ready because we're about to rave on. It's the Feeney Podcast with me. Josh, your host, is my co-host, Jacqueline. Are you ready to get your party on? Ready to rave on. Woo! This episode comes at the exact correct time because as you all are listening to this, or we are about ready to meet up in Las Vegas, the capital of the rave party. So uh, good timing. I hope you packed your rubber bracelets and your mesh tops in neon colors because that is what all the cool ravers are wearing maybe a pacifier around your neck remember that now that you say it i vaguely do remember that (laughs) those were weird times yeah 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 oh anyway super pumped i love this episode of boy meets world and i'm really excited to be recapping it today I really didn't remember it at all. I had I did not remember the end and there's some kind of big reveals at the end and I was very confused as to why this random British man was showing up <laughs> in the episode, but they really tie it all together at the end and make for a fun little end of episode party. This is another one that I only vaguely remembered. I remembered the ending kind of but i had sort of conflated it with some other episodes so as i was watching it it was like i was kind of watching it for the first time in a really really long time and it was very funny yeah you get the best of pretty much everyone in this episode it's like good feeny like being jovial and kind of laid back you get eric and Corey scheming together not being stupid eric actually is like playing a pretty normal human in this episode and when he and Corey get together uh, it's usually pretty good and uh, some good guest stars as well. So this did for me really was one of the best episodes we've seen in a while. Yeah. So I want to start our recap by saying that this episode is, like we've said, really funny, but also really fast paced. Mm. There's a lot of little jokes, a lot of one liners throughout. We cannot possibly touch on all of the funny moments in this episode while we're recapping it. So if you're going to watch an episode of Boy Meets World, this is a really good one to watch. Season three, episode eight, rave on, as we mentioned. And there are no side plots in this one. Everything happening with all of the characters all ties together perfectly and hilariously. Just a really funny episode overall. And I'm kind of bummed that we'll have to skip over some of the gags in our recap, but it was a good one. Yeah, it was one of the first times where I had to like continuously pause to take notes about what was happening because you're right. This episode is incredibly fast. Even with some long scenes, there's a lot of things happening in each scene. Yeah, I mean, just think of last week's episode. They had so much time to fill with like Eric and his dumb dream thing. But this one is like every second there is someone coming on screen. The plot is continuously developing 
and it's funny. It's just, it's silly. It's funny. And it has like a great ending. So it's a good one. All right. Well, with no further ado, let's dive on into it. Let's not waste any more time. Okay. As already mentioned, this is Rave On, Season 3, Episode 8, aired November 17th, 1995, and was directed by David Trainer. The Google synopsis, Corey and Eric plan to combine a rowdy party with their parents' surprise anniversary celebration. All true, my synopsis, Eric decides to leave his mark on John Adams High by throwing an illegal rave but his plans are foiled when his parents find out there's a secret party happening on the night of their 20th wedding anniversary. Hilarity ensues. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to give a little bit of a recap on what a rave is for anyone out there young enough or too old to not remember the early 90s, but Mr. Feeney actually gives quite the succinct description of what a rave is right at the beginning of the episode. He says... A rowdy underground party. Get hit, Mr. Matthews. Yeah, so Mr. Feeney describing this to Corey because Corey asks, what's a rave? Because right at the beginning, we see Feeney ripping down a banner at the school that says illegal rave this weekend, which I'm not sure you want to actually put the word illegal into (laughs) the poster for the event. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, Feeney is ripping this banner down and it happens in the first second of the episode and he ripped it down. I was like, wait, what did that say? And I had to rewind (laughs) to even see what it said. But yeah, if you're throwing a rave, maybe just don't put illegal on it is inviting trouble. But yeah, Corey doesn't even know what a rave is. So he is shook when he finds out that Eric is actually the one throwing the rave. So not only did he not know what a rave was, he didn't know that this one was happening on Friday or that his brother was in charge of it. Yeah, and Eric wants Corey out of it. It's his thing. He doesn't want Corey to be a part of it, but very easily and in classic Corey style, realizes that he can just tell his parents on Eric if he doesn't get looped into the planning part here because Corey wants in on it too. So... With a little bit of blackmail, it's now Corey and Eric against the world. Right. As we've seen before in this show, Eric is now obsessed with making his mark on the high school. That's usually Corey and Sean's move, but this time it's Eric. He's got to go out with a bang at John Adams High. This party is his thing. He's really excited about it. But now Corey is involved too so that he won't snitch. But, you know, Corey says he thinks it'd be fun for them to do something together as the Matthews brothers. And happy for us, the viewer, because it means we get to see some Corey and Eric action. Yeah, exactly. So they've settled on Chubby's. They are going to have this party there because Chubby is out of town on a cruise to Mexico. So they've got, I guess when the owner's out of town, the restaurant doesn't operate or function as a restaurant (laughs) and they can just do whatever they want there. So here's what was confusing about this. The rave is on Friday. I don't know what day of the week it was, but even if it's Monday, the rave's a few days away. And Corey comes in and he, I guess, has been put in charge of scouting a location for the rave. So Eric went from, Corey, I don't want you involved, to I'm now going to give you the most important job, which is to find out where we're actually having this party. I'm like, damn, you didn't already have a location locked in? Second, okay, they're throwing it at Chubby's which doesn't make sense if 
the restaurant is closed, they're actually going to like break into an operating restaurant to throw this party. But then two seconds later, Eric's like, I'm going to go down to Chubby's to pay the deposit. If you're paying a deposit, if you're renting the, it's not a rave. It's just a party. It's also not illegal. It is you just renting a venue like everyone else would do. Right. This is so stupid. The point of a rave, like it's, you're supposed to go into like an abandoned warehouse or like some cool, you're going to go down by the docks or something. You don't just rent out chubbies for your rave. It's just a party. And it's also, we're going to find out like at 8 p.m. It's not like, even, whatever. I don't know what makes this a rave and not just a regular party. Like clearly there's no drugs or alcohol because it's Boy Meets World. So what? is illegal about it exactly i'm not sure the music that we will hear in the end of this episode really qualifies it as a rave either this is like some really uncool writers in their 40s trying to be like okay what would a kid do for a rave (laughs) yeah well we already have the set for chubbies built so let's just do it there (laughs) the chubbies set aside We're going to learn that it is Amy and Alan's 20th wedding anniversary coming up. And it happens to be the same day that this rave is planned for. So we're going to see first, we're going to get introduced to a couple of characters here. Topanga's dad, played by, as we know, Peter Tork, who we've seen once before, is a, do you remember the word? Luthier. He's a luthier. He makes musical instruments and he has made a guitar for Alan. So that's what he's going to get. It seemingly is a surprise because Amy kind of whisks him away and asks the boys to keep dad away. But then Alan and his friend Gordy, who we've also seen before, they were jamming together in the uh, episode from, was that last season? Yes, that was season two, Band on the Run. So he comes in and they're carrying a huge spa tub. And I'm thinking to myself, How in the world are they going to get this thing installed and keep this a surprise from Amy? Like, there's you're carrying a giant tub up the stairs. Literally impossible. Alan just walks in the front door with this tub, and they're carrying it up the stairs. There's no way they're going to, like, install this thing without Amy noticing. But maybe it wasn't really a surprise. Like, she already knew about it. But yeah, we're getting a lot of action here in the living room. Corey and Eric are sitting here like trying to plan their rave. And it's like, ding dong, Jedediah Lawrence with a guitar. Ding dong. Now it's Alan and Mickey Dolan's, aka Gordy, with this jacuzzi tub. So it's a lot of like people entering and exiting the room. And Corey's like, it's mom and dad's anniversary. Like, we got to get them a gift. And, you know, oh, we already spent all our money on the rave. So like, what are we going to do? And now we get our final ding dong doorbell and in walks a third monkey. We now have (laughs) 75% of the monkeys in the house. We got Torque, we got Dolan's, and now we are adding Davy Jones in his first appearance on Boy Meets World. And he is playing an old friend of Alan and Amy's and Corey and Eric just let this stranger into their home. Reginald Fairfield <laughs> yes. walks in the door. Did you put it together that this was Davy Jones when he walked in? Yes. He's very he's okay. famous. I recognized him. Yeah. So seemingly a random storyline here that kind of ties together, like you mentioned at the end. But he comes in and he's like, oh, you said if uh, 
I was ever in the States. You had a couch for me to sleep on. So I'm not sure how he found him, but apparently they like backpacked together one time in Europe and he looked him up and found him. So in walks Reg, Reginald Fairfield. So actor Davy Jones, most famously one of the monkeys in the 60s. He has several other acting credits, but a lot of them are uh, like spinoffs or tangentially related to the monkeys in some way. His original career goal was to be a jockey. He is five foot Hmm. three, so he is uh, jockey size. And uh, I think he did eventually go on to achieve that goal later in life. And one more fun fact, David Bowie's birth name is David Jones. But when Davy Jones became super famous in the 60s, Bowie changed it to David Bowie because Davy Jones was already taken. That is very interesting. I thought so, too. Did not so know too. any of that. Good research. Thank you. He's wearing this like super preppy blue blazer with a crest on it, and they're just making him out to be a completely obnoxious man. He walks in. He makes himself at home. He's being very presumptuous. He says hello to Amy, introduces himself as Reg, Reginald Fairfield, and she has no idea who he is. No, and uh, later on, Alan's not going to really remember who he is either. As he says, oh, we backpacked together. In 1974. So it's like over 20 years ago, and he just shows up later to cash in that chit of, you can crash on my couch, an offer made when Alan was like 20 years old. Like, yeah, man, come crash on my couch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like you said, he's, he's super obnoxious. He's all over everyone's personal business and he's going to overstay his welcome. He's asking for softer towels. So all of this is kind of setting up the running joke for the episode that he's just a little overbearing. Yeah, there's a funny line here when Amy's, you know, she's trying to be really polite. So, Reg, how long do you think you'll be staying with us? Well, as long as I'm welcome. (laughs) Hear that, hon? He left 20 minutes ago. It's funny, but Alan has no patience for this. But this scene is important because this is where we have the beginnings of our classic mix-em-up. This is like the whole crux of the episode here. Eric walks into the kitchen talking about the Friday rave, and he doesn't realize that Amy's in the room. So Amy hears Friday night, 8 p.m., secret party, and she like quickly exits the room. Corey is convinced that they're screwed. He's like, Eric, you idiot. Like, mom heard everything, but Eric is superly overconfident. He's like, mom doesn't know what she heard, whatever. But immediately, we see Amy telling Alan that she just found out that Corey and Eric are throwing them a surprise anniversary party. So when she heard Friday Night Secret Party, she's like, oh, my God, my kids, they're so wonderful. They're throwing me a surprise party. And Corey, thankfully, overhears this. So now he knows that she knows and now he's got himself a little bit of a pickle yeah he goes to eric and they're like well we really don't have any choice at this point like we can't let mom and dad down and we're definitely gonna get caught so let's just turn this into an anniversary party we got to call up some adults and make this kind of seem like we've been planning this all along the rave at this point is pretty much off they've made a deposit for chubbies they're just going to go ahead with an anniversary party instead Yeah, I mean, the correct thing to do here would be to put their heads together, get their parents a nice, thoughtful gift, go to them and explain, hey, I know you heard that on the phone, like I overheard you talking to dad, 
there is no surprise party. Eric was talking about some other thing with his friends. Sorry, but like happy anniversary. This is the gift we got you. But Alan and Amy are so overjoyed when they think that Corey and Eric are throwing them this party. They're like, oh, they're so grown up. I'm so proud of them. Mm -hmm. And they're really touched. So Corey is just like filled with guilt and he doesn't want to let his parents down. Eric is very reluctant about canceling the rave because it's been his thing all along, right? But Corey is like all in on we need to cancel this rave. We need to like do something nice for mom and dad. So he is scrambling around like a lunatic trying to pull an anniversary party (gasps) together. And Eric is like not even really helping because he's just ticked off about the rave being canceled. Yeah, exactly. Corey's going to take it upon himself here to try and get some adults to the party to make it seem like it's a real party. He's using the payphone to call Aunt Jill, but <laughs> he's got a heart condition. He asked Mr. Turner. I don't know if you noticed, Mr. Turner's wearing a repeat tie. It's the one that looks similar to the one that I have. Oh, interesting. I have really blocked out his ties because Sean's terrible vests have really eclipsed Turner's ties in garishness. So good eye. Thanks for thanks for catching that. For sure. We made it almost to the entire episode without a Sean vest, but he really comes through oh, for us at the end. Of he the sure does. He <laughs> sure does. And just a just the trash vest for the party. Yeah. He's gonna ask Mr. Feeney, and Mr. Feeney agrees. And we get another funny scene where Reg has latched on to Feeney now because of one comment he made to him over the fence at home. And now Reg thinks he can just like hang out and shadow Feeney all day. Why would he want to sit in on high school history classes just for the promise of like a school cafeteria lunch? I don't know, but that's what he's going with. Yeah. And Topanga, we see like Topanga and Sean are helping Corey with the party. Topanga books a band. They're quote old guys in their 30s. That kind of stings. Yeah, that one, that one stung a little bit. But Sean and Topanga are being good friends. And again, Eric is doing nothing. He's not helping. He's just sulking. He gets these balloons that are that say the wrong thing on them. And then he hears some girl in the hallway lamenting about the rave being canceled she's like the guy throwing it must have wussed out like i wish some guy would just be cool for once and eric is so sad hearing that and this i guess is where eric's wheels start turning and he's about to make a terrible decision yeah for sure one of those girls is played by veronica de la cruz She is credited as Marissa. Did you look her up at all? I did not. Oh, well, one of the more interesting guest stars that we've seen on a show, despite the fact that she's really only in this for about five seconds, she is now currently a lead news anchor on KPIX in San Francisco. She hosts the 6 o'clock and the 10 o'clock news, and she used to work for NBC News and CNN. She's done a lot of important and serious reporting. Hey there, and good afternoon to you. I'm Veronica Dela Cruz. This is your Picks Now update. Detectives in San Mateo County are asking residents near Skyline Boulevard to call them if they remember seeing any suspicious activity within the past 10 days. Wow, good for you, Veronica. This was such an auspicious start to your career. Yeah, this was her first acting career. She was in a handful of one-off episodes of TV shows, two Married with Children's, Um, It looks like when she made it to college, she kind of fell off with the acting and took on journalism and 
She's interviewed Bill Gates. She's interviewed a bunch of bands, including some classic 90s, early 2000 bands, Hoobastank, oh, Vertical man. Horizon, <laughs> Eagle Eye Cherry. That's a one-hit wonder. So anyway, you're right. This sets up the fact that we all kind of know what's coming. It wouldn't be a funny Boy Meets World episode if there wasn't going to be some conflict. And Eric hears them talking about the hosts of this party wussing out. And he's basically going to figure out a way to try and combine both of these parties together. But we don't really recognize that until we get to Chubby's the day of the party. Yeah, it's party time. Sean, Topanga, and Corey arrive. They are all dressed up. They've got the cake. But when they get to Chubby's, they see a ton of kids all raved out going into Chubby's. And they're all paying Frankie, who is the bouncer, for admission. And... Corey is freaking out, of course, because we know he's neurotic. And he's like, Eric, like, what is going on? And that's when Eric very casually announces, oh, we're throwing both parties. It's the rave and the anniversary party. And Corey, of course, has a meltdown here. Yeah, he's panicking. He's trying to get everyone's attentions and and like making sure that the rowdy kids are not getting in but only the adults he gives frankie a list and says only let people in if they're on this list don't let anyone else in but it's a little too late because as we go downstairs we see that there's a, a couple of adults in there clearly there for the matthews party but it's mostly kids in high school there for the rave yeah frankie is in a little bit over his head on this one he really can only follow very strict instructions there's not a lot of nuance happening Joey the rat nowhere to be found. Nowhere this is found. just a this is just a Frankie job and they are charging $10 per head for a cover charge for this rave, which is really steep. Begs the question, who gets to keep all of this money? Cuz that would be a lot of money. $10 a head for all those people that were down in Chubby's. I wonder if Eric is pocketing that. I'm sure Frankie gets to take a cut of it for being the bouncer, but Anyway, Sean is once again wearing a trash vest. <laughs> I can't believe this is his idea of getting dressed up. But basically, Corey goes down into the rave slash anniversary party. His parents mercifully are not there yet. And he's trying to salvage the situation. He's like, we got to get all these ravers out of here. When he realizes that like that ship has sailed, he decides to get everybody to yell surprise when Alan and Amy come down. So at least like they're going to know that something is going on, but like they'll still, it'll still feel like it's their party, I guess. So he like gets everybody going and then they turn off the lights and they yell surprise and the lights come on and it's Feeney and Turner. Yeah. They're a little late to the party, but they're the next two people down. Reg and Gordy are apparently in on this and, and all in because they're the ones that kind of coordinated getting Alan and Amy to the party. So they're in on it and they're downstairs. We can't forget to mention this is the first time that we meet Wanda, who is a girl of a similar age to Eric that goes to another school and Eric's smitten with her. So in addition to all of the craziness happening, he's also trying to, uh, to make things happen with this girl in this scene. And 
as soon as Turner and Feeney come down, they ruin the big surprise that everyone yells. And Turner's got a really great line here where he says, Hey, Matthews, by the way, English class tomorrow morning, $10 cover. <laughs> we wasted the good surprise on you. Yeah, I thought of that too. <laughs> yeah, so Eric is being an insensitive jerk here. Corey is really trying to like make this nice for his parents. And Eric not only didn't help with the balloons and didn't help with getting parent guests there, but then he went behind Corey's back to turn this back into a rave. And now Corey's running around like a lunatic trying to like salvage the situation. And all Eric cares about is dancing with Wanda. He's being a total butthead. It turns out that Alan and Amy are stuck at the door because Frankie is not letting anyone in who's not on the list, as Corey said, but two of the people not on the list are Amy and Alan because it's their party. So Corey goes up and he kind of makes sure that Amy and Alan can get in. But at this point, Corey says, oh, just forget everything I told you, Frankie. Like, you're such an idiot. And then all the kids flood in. So now we've got ourselves a full-on party and it's pretty tough to uh, to talk himself out of this one. Yeah, I mean- they try to kind of smooth talk it, but it takes Alan and Amy about two seconds to realize that this is not actually their anniversary party and the boys have really let them down and they just decide to leave. They're really disappointed. They tell the boys that, you know, you could have just given us a card and it would have been better than this like thoughtless attempt at throwing us a party and that you're just like really kind of sad and disappointed in them. So they go downstairs back down into the party to try to like round up all the poor relatives who are unwittingly at a rave. And Corey is like, we really got to do something to salvage this. At that moment, Jedediah shows up with uh, Alan's birthday guitar and Corey's going to have a good idea for having the band play Alan and Amy's wedding song. Yeah, at this point, everything starts to really come together. We've got the weird Reginald storyline. We're not really sure why that was shoehorned in up to this point and why he's been following people along. We don't really know why Gordy's been such a main part of this episode, why Jedediah showed up earlier. There's seemingly a lot of disjointed pieces here, but this is when it all comes together because Gordy remembers that My Girl was their wedding song and just before they go on to take the stage, they ask about the band that was supposed to be there playing that Topanga had recruited, but Frankie had turned them away since they weren't on the list. And Topanga has a full on rage freak out here, which is pretty funny. Yeah, she starts punching Frankie and calling him an idiot. And she calls him a mall rat, which is funny because he was he was in the movie Mall Rats that came out in 1995. Oh, so good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Pretty funny line there. They definitely put that in for Ethan Supley. But <laughs> she's freaking out and hitting him. And her dad is like, Tippy, have you been eating meat? And so that's a really good one. She's like, well, the, he sent the band away and now they can't play the wedding song. And maybe I had a meatball. <laughs> so it's <laughs> pretty funny. But of course... Jedediah, as we know from his episode in season two, is like, well, I'll there the band's equipment is here, which would never happen, by the way. So, you know, whatever, I'll just play the song. And then, of course, we know that Gordy was in Alan's 
college band. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'll join you. No problem. And he jumps on stage and they're like sitting up there tuning their guitars or whatever. And he's like, "Okay, their song is My Girl, which is a lame wedding song, but whatever. And they're like, well, I remember the melody, but I don't remember the lyrics. And here comes Reg. Reginald Fairfield to save the day because he's like, if you insist, I suppose I'll sing. So he jumps on stage. So now we got 75% of the monkeys up there getting ready to jam out with the Matthews wedding song. So Corey is like, please don't leave mom and dad. And just when they're about to exit, they hear the intro. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good moment. It's a really nice moment. Everyone starts dancing. Corey gives credit to Eric here and kind of saves his brother a little bit and says that Eric remembered what the song was. And, you know, Eric kind of says he knew it would all work out. And he is riding high in this moment because the party has somehow worked itself out. And he's dancing with the beautiful Wanda. But it turns out Wanda isn't exactly who he thought she is. Mm, yes, unfortunately, they did invite a lot of family to this party, or at least Corey did. And Eric is about to find out that Wanda, the girl of his dreams, is actually his cousin. So uh, he is disgusted and runs out. But, you know, Corey and Eric have once again faced no consequences for their reckless actions. Uh, they have now redeemed themselves with Alan and Amy by playing their wedding song on their anniversary. Mr. Feeney is literally at the quote-unquote illegal rave and does nothing to shut it down. Okay, yeah, but I'm just saying it was adver- yeah. it was billed as an illegal rave. So I yeah. think people were expecting some level of uh, saliciousness, and then they show up and Feeney's there. And why didn't all of the kids immediately leave when they saw that Feeney was at this rave? I have no idea. But Feeney doesn't throw a wrench in anything. And I'm assuming they get to keep some of the profits from Frankie's cover charge. So uh, they there are no consequences. Everything worked out perfectly for them. Yeah, they came out ahead. I was also wondering, how is this night that much different than like the typical night at Chubby's? Like, it's not. Why did all of these kids pay $10 to go stand around a basement restaurant, but they can't even get food because it's not even like there's like catering or anything because the kitchen's closed because Chubby's not there. So... They just pay $10 to like stand around and watch a bunch of old fogies play some boring wedding songs. Yeah, there's this the earlier when Eric says, we can't buy mom and dad a gift. We spent all our money on the rave. I'm like, what did you spend money on? Okay, you got to pay the band, but you're charging $10 a head. So you know you're going to be able to make up what you owe the band. Like that is why bars, when they have a band, they charge a cover charge because that's what they're using to pay the band. What are you guys spending money on? Like Balloons balloons <laughs> like what like seriously are there party favors there's no food there's no booze i don't think they're handing out <laughs> remember those like furry hats that were in anyway <laughs> like i just there are no glow sticks for god's sake i don't see any party favors and you're right the party not only does it it starts at 8 p.m it's just a regular ass night at chubby's feeny is literally there This is the worst rave I've ever seen. And then now that the band is on stage and they're done playing My Girl, again, why didn't all the ravers immediately file out and go find a field to drink in like a normal teenager? No, they stayed. And then the old guys decide to remain on stage and just start jamming out to a Buddy Holly song. Yeah, they start playing Not Fade Away. And 
just when you think that we didn't shoehorn enough random story plots into this episode, we're going to get one more here at the end because we pan to a random older gentleman in the corner and he says to himself, oh, you know, these guys are pretty good, actually. Uh, this is not too bad right here. And uh, we're like, why do they cut it? Like, who is this? I, I certainly did not recognize him. <laughs> no, this joke went way over my head. I mean, yeah. I, I knew that there was something going on, but I was like, who is this man? Am I supposed to know who he is? He's wearing this super 70s style suit. And then he approaches the band and they do this back and forth about, oh, he'd love to be their manager. And he used to manage a family band. And I guess this was a joke for the parents watching the show back in the 90s who knew who this guy was. But he's an actor named Dave Madden, and he was on the Partridge family for four years. And I suppose he played the band's manager on the show. He did. He played Reuben Kincaid the manager of the Partridge family. And like you said, they make a couple of jokes about that. He was been a bunch of other things, but I think that's what he's most famous for. And it would have made a lot more sense, I think, if he had managed the monkeys and uh, that would have been like a funny joke. Yeah, I guess they couldn't get the fourth monkey. So they were just like, well, this guy was from the 60s as well. So like, let's just put him in there. Yeah, so weird shoehorn and post credit scene as he comes up to the band and is uh, telling them how good they are. But overall, despite the insanity that is this episode and the fact that this wasn't actually a real rave and Corey and Eric get away scot-free and have no consequences, overall, jam-packed with jokes, super fast-paced, and a really solid ending. There's so many one-liners in this. It's funny. It like all of the characters. It's it's not very much Sean, which is a change. It's not very much Topanga. It's a little bit more Eric than we are accustomed to, which I like. But it just like, yeah, every time a character talks, they're making a joke and it's funny. So I just overall five stars would recommend. Felt a little bad that Amy got so dressed up in her little red cocktail dress just to be at Chubby's, but that's why you can't trust teenage boys to throw a party for an adult, so keep that in mind. With that, we come to the end of the episode. Lots of guest stars. We mentioned pretty much everyone there. I don't think we're going to hear from the monkeys anytime soon, however. No, this is um, this is Peter Tork's last appearance as Jedediah Lawrence. He will be replaced in later seasons by a couple of different actors. So we won't see him again. And I think this is the last ride for Davy Jones and Mickey Dolans as well. Yeah, but we are going to get the return of Brittany Murphy next week. So that's exciting. And a couple of really strong episodes coming up as well. So... Like we said, this is definitely one to go switch on Disney Plus or wherever you can watch Boy Meets World and get 22 minutes of good laughs. And it's a it's a fun watch. Yeah, lots more Ethan Suplee in our future. So don't worry, he will be back. And exactly three more episodes to go before it is season three trivia time. Oh, I need to brush up on that. Better start brushing, my friend. We leave you with this episode. Thank you all for listening along as always. You know you can find us feenypodcast.com at feenypodcast for all of the great content that we've got up there as well. Follow us along Facebook, Instagram, 
Uh, hopefully soon TikTok. We'll see see if we can get with the times and put some content up there as well. And if you know of anything or have any questions, please let us know. Thanks, everyone. Reg, Reginald Fairfield. <laughs>